Hey, welcome to The Conversation. You're listening to Andy Mason. This is authentic conversations around the messy intersection of faith, family, and business. And I interrupt our regular sessions to actually give you something that I think is really timely right now. Just with all of the uh, conflict, both internally and between people, this is a recording of a good friend, Brock Shinen, Brock Shinen Law. You can find him. He's in LA, Los Angeles. And he did a presentation for us on how to avoid legal problems. The way that he breaks this down is just so, so helpful. And I really encourage you to have a listen, take some notes. And whether you're in business or anywhere in life, just understanding this is going to greatly help you and save you so much in the future, whether that's in business, in relationships, or in any other area. So I super appreciate what he's done and recorded for us. Uh, this is part of the Heaven and Business membership program. So gratitude to them for giving us this content that we can give to you. If you want to find out more about that, jump on to heavenandbusiness.com and you can sign up for a free trial and experience that. And there's a brand new platform coming there the start of May. Only other news is make sure you join us, Kingdom in business.org. We're doing how to activate kingdom in your business uh, one week long, the first week of May. So it is entirely free. We're equipping the world to partner with God at work. And this is part of that strategy. So you and your friends and your friends' friends are all welcome. There's some great resources that you can activate and action and access right now. So jump on to kingdominbusiness.org and pause Grab your pencil, your pen, your digital notepad, your, your phone to take some, type in some notes. And uh, here we go, Brock Shinen, how to avoid legal problems. Hey everybody, I am Brock Shinen. I am so happy to be here with you today. Today we're going to talk about uh, legal problems. And I think this is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to and maybe what you're expecting. Because I think when we think about legal problems... We think about getting sued, we think about suing other people, we think about this complex web of nonsense and aggression and fighting and all that. But I'm here to talk to you today about the specifics of legal problems in a way that's healthy, that in a way that you can proactively prepare for legal problems and actually lower the risk of getting into legal problems. So um, we've called this session before uh, something like all things legal or how to deal with legal in business. Um, but really what we're going to talk about is how to understand legal problems and how to avoid them. And if you're in them, how to get out of them healthy, safely, um, kind of with the lowest risk and the lowest uh, problems coming out of it. So we're going to jump right into this. We tend to think of legal is how do I stay out of trouble? But I'm going to tell you a little secret about legal problems. The most important thing in navigating legal issues is actually knowing how to think critically. And we wouldn't necessarily think that because we think of legal problems as these, you know, case law or statutes or, you know, this person did this wrong or how, you know, what are my rights here? But instead, understanding legal problems and solving legal problems the biggest and most important skill set that we need 
is critical thinking skills. So I want you to write that down because this is gonna be a theme as we go through. So I'm gonna help you understand a framework for understanding all legal problems. I know that sounds crazy, but we're actually gonna do that. I'm gonna give you a framework to understand all legal problems. Then we're gonna talk about how to actually avoid them based on the areas where most problems, and by most, when, you know, let's say 99% of all legal problems emerge from one of these very narrowly defined areas. So that's, what we're, that's where we're going. Now, the other thing is, most of us naturally tend to believe that legal problems are solved by litigation or by threats of litigation, you know, lawsuits. But actually, most legal problems are actually solved, and many times before they even happen, through relationship and negotiations. So we can even go back a step further and say that most legal problems are solved by knowledge. And I know this may sound crazy because what we're doing is we're reverse engineering legal problems. And we could say that if you start with knowledge and understanding, wisdom and discernment, those sorts of things, you move forward and you have relationships and you're good at negotiating, you can actually avoid legal problems. I don't mean now that we've tangled, we have a way out. That's also true. But I mean, we can actually reduce the risk of having legal problems in the first place when we develop our critical thinking skills. We have wisdom and knowledge, discernment, all those things going into the front end. And then as we get closer to potential legal problems, we weigh on relationship and negotiations. And then from there, we see litigation is sort of a last uh, possibility, a, a last uh, resort for us, especially as Christians. Um, but even if we're not, just it's sort of a last resort. It's time consuming, it's expensive. Most people lose even when they win in litigation. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. So we're gonna switch gears now. And we're gonna talk about the four buckets where most legal problems exist. Now this may sound crazy because I think what we could do is we can dissect every single legal problem that you can come up with that you've read in the news, that you've heard a case of, that you've heard another business going through. And actually I think nearly every single one of them will fall into one of these buckets. So we're gonna go one by one, we're gonna talk a little bit about this. So number one is lies. Most legal problems, aside from the other three, will fit into lies, that bucket. What is this? This is fraud. This is negligent misrepresentation. This is not telling the truth about a circumstance. So maybe somebody lied to you. Maybe they omitted a fact. So that's what we call an omission. They didn't tell you something that they should have told you. And if they had told you, you would have made a different decision. So when we understand this framework, what we're looking at is, if I can understand where most legal problems come from, then I can actually work backwards to figure out how to avoid them. So the first bucket that we're talking about is, is this lies, this fraud, this mis, uh, misrepresentation and material omissions. Those are some of the legal terms you'll hear. But if you find yourself lying to people, if you find yourself giving uh, semi-true advice, or maybe you're not proactively lying or giving semi-true advice, but you know that you're not telling something that you should, you're setting yourself up for a problem, a legal problem, with this bucket of lies, right? But also, that's the people that are dealing with you. Now, we're going to tell uh, in a little, in a few minutes, I'm going to talk about how you can kind of avoid people and circumstances that may be lying to you or defrauding you, um, those types of things. But for now, we're just identifying the buckets that these legal problems tend to fit into, right? So we're going to start with lies. 
Number two is broken promises. So think about this. Breach of contract. Um, you know, I contracted for this. They, I paid. They didn't deliver. Or I delivered and they didn't pay. Those all are surrounding broken promises. And in legal terms, we hear, well, it's a breach of contract. And we may sue for breach of contract or breach of, uh, breach of warranty or representation or something like that. But in reality, these are broken promises. I say I'm going to do something that I don't do. Or you tell me you're going to do something that you don't do. So whatever the nature is, if we're talking about what's in contract, if we're talking about just expectations um, in a transaction, we're talking about how one person is going to treat another person. Um, sometimes two people will get together to start a business and say, look, this, let's shake on it. This is how we're going to deal with each other. And then they don't deal with each other that way. Broken promise. Again, so when we're thinking about buckets, now we have two buckets, right? And most legal problems that we can think of are already going to fit in one or both of those two. Lies and broken promises, right? So let's go to the third one. Dangerous conditions. Okay, these are situations where somebody's injured, maybe physically, maybe emotionally, maybe there's a... a um, you know, a broken shingle or a, a stage that collapses or a light that falls or, um, you know, this thing wasn't built correctly or maybe it's products liability. Maybe you're selling a product and the product injures somebody. Maybe it's a medicine and it makes somebody sick. Maybe it's a food and it makes somebody sick. So we think about buckets and now all of a sudden we realize by, by this uh, far end, we realize, wow, we've given three buckets, lies, um, broken promises and dangerous conditions and we figured 30 to 40 different legal claims or the circumstances that led to a legal claim actually fit in one of these three, right? So that's my point. We're going to switch to the fourth one, broken laws. So this would be anything from wage and hour claims, defamation, copyright infringement, trademark infringement, a statute that says this is how you have to interact with a particular party to a transaction, and we actually break the law or somebody does that to us. So, so you notice another thing I'm talking about is as we're identifying these four legal buckets, I'm also talking about things you might do that create legal problems for you, but also things that somebody might do to you in a business relationship or in general, uh, vendor, you know, supplier, distributor, things like that, where you're in the situation where you're the one harmed. But the reason why this is so critical is because if we really want to understand the legal landscape, and we're not lawyers, we're entrepreneurs, we're business owners, we're trying to build things, not tear things down, right? Um, if that's what we're trying to do, it's critical for you to understand the legal landscape. And if you're not an attorney, that's going to be extremely difficult. You're either going to learn by experience, you know, you're in a lawsuit, whether you brought it or you're defending it, or you get into these legal issues, you know, hey, we got sued because we didn't pay uh, overtime correctly, or we didn't give breaks correctly, or we, we misclassified employees um, or in, independent contractors as employees or, or vice versa, or uh, maybe when we infringed a copyright. When you start to see it that way, we realize, okay, now I have a framework. It's going to fit into lies. It's going to fit into broken promises. It's going to fit into dangerous conditions, and it's going to fit and or it's going to fit into breaking the law. Okay, so now that we know the buckets that all these different problems are going into, one or more of those, let's back up a step, one more step, because that's kind of the end result. 
Now we're in court or we're in a fight, right? We're in some sort of battle. Let's back up a step. What do we do to avoid getting into these buckets? I'm going to give you some very powerful tools to understand why we find ourselves in these buckets of legal problems and how to avoid it. Okay, so we're going to talk about four areas. These are absolutely critical areas, not just in understanding the areas, but how to approach thinking about these areas. And that's why I started with saying critical thinking is absolutely essential to understanding the legal landscape for business. So as, as I relay these to you, what I want you to do is be thinking about not only your current circumstances, but also as you move forward, how are you going to, to think differently about these issues that we're going to talk about? How are you going to change the way that you think about these circumstances, about people, about uh, contracts, about distribution relationships or supply relationships or manufacturing relationships or employment relationships? That's where I want your wheels turning and say, how can I think about this different? So we know what the end bucket is. Um, now let's talk about how most of these problems wind up in one of those buckets. So we've moved a step backwards. We're going to talk about that now. The first one we're going to talk about is dangerous partnerships. Now, when I say partnerships, I use that term very loosely. This would be actual partnerships under the law. You know, I start doing business with somebody else, one or more people, that's a partnership. I, um, when I say partnership, I don't mean that in the, necessarily in the legal sense, because if I'm uh, co-owning a corporation, I'm technically not a partner under the law. But that's kind of what I mean as well, because what I'm trying to do is give you a little bit broader strokes to give you more practical advice how to understand this framework. So dangerous partnerships would mean most of my problems falling into a bucket that's a lie, a bucket that's a broken promise, a bucket that's a broken law, a, a promise, I mean, excuse me, a um, problem that's a dangerous conditions will generate from one of these four areas. So the first one is a dangerous partnership. Who am I in business with? Who am I partnering with? Am I partnering with people that I know? Am I partnering with people that I trust? And this isn't just ownership. This is vendors. This is suppliers. This is distributors. This is employees. This is contractors. This is advisors. This is board members. This is anyone that you're in business relationship for any purpose. Have I aligned myself? Have I formed some sort of partnership that is dangerous? Now, what are some of the red flags? What are the, some of the tells of that? Uh, people that give misinformation, people that are constantly bad-mouthing others, and you say, well, if they're doing that, or they're trying to undermine other people or other businesses, or they're always doing stuff that's slightly past the line of ethics, right? And you feel like, well, hey, we're kind of on the cusp, or we're right on the, the, the edge, uh, the razor-thin uh, edge of this envelope, but you see them, and you're like, man, they just go just over a touch. But you know it's okay because they're really good at what they do. Or they use, I hear this all the time. Uh, they used to be on the board at Intel or you know, they were one of the you know, first 10 uh, Facebook employees or things like that. I don't care who you are in partnership with. Anybody from any circumstance has the ability to be a bad partner. So what I want you to do is understand, first of all, bad partnerships lead to lies, lead to broken promises lead to dangerous conditions. When you're working with people who are willing to not just um, push the envelope, but actually cross that line, they're willing to manipulate, they're willing to lie, of course it's inevitable 
that they will lie to you. Of course, it's, it's inevitable that at some point they're going to lie to a customer, even if they never lie to you. And that's how that thread starts to work. So really what I want you to start thinking about critically here is who, I am, who am I aligned with? Who am I in partnership with? Who am I doing business with? And not just your owners, not just your employees, your vendors, your suppliers, all of those people. Um, and also, we common, uh, commonly forget, this is also people speaking into our lives. So this is mentors and board members and advisors. Um, when you start to see the red flags, I want you to stop and say, am I forming a dangerous partnership? And if I am, is it likely to lead to a circumstance where I have a legal problem that's a lie or a broken promise or something like that? We're going to switch to the next one. And uh, these are, again, critical thinking areas. And we're going to talk about unclear expectations. Okay? Now, most everyone in business has experienced this in some way, shape, or form where they've gone into business and they realize, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, we're going to do this contract. We're going to uh, pay this amount for this, um, this frequency of delivery or this product, or it's going to be a, a, a certain level of delivery of intellectual property. But when we look at it, we're, right, we're like, you know, I was kind of unclear on what I expected. I purchased a website. I hired a designer to deliver a website. I never thought they would use some third-party app that they just basically fill in the blanks. I thought they were going to somehow free, freeform code this thing, right? Um, or I thought they were going to deliver this level of excellence, and they're delivering, but it's really not excellent. So what does that all boil down to, and what are we missing here? It's the lack uh, or a very unclear expectations. So if we don't have clear expectations, we can't deliver or receive what we expect. And if we don't deliver or receive what we expect, we're more likely to wind up in the bucket of a broken promise or a lie or something like that. So this comes when we, if we lack clear expectations and if we don't communicate clear expectations, we are more likely to wind up in a legal problem. So I want you to sit and, and think about, you know, and after, after uh, walking through this uh, course, I want you to just think about what expectations am I setting in business with my partners, with my suppliers, with my vendors, with my manufacturers, with my customers? How am I being clear about my expectations? How are my customers or clients or service providers or whoever being clear to me? which leads us into the third critical area we're going to talk about. And this is the lack of protective areas. Now, I want to lay out four subparts of this one because I think right now this is, it's all secret sauce, right? As we're going through this and it's kind of rapid, you know, one-two punch going through this. But this is where we're going to hit hard where we realize the very practical elements that are leading to legal problems. Let me give you these four areas. Number one, we lack clear communication. If we don't want to have a legal problem, we want to learn to clearly communicate. We want to say what we mean. We want to mean what we say. But we also want to make sure that we're understanding what's being communicated to us, right? So clear communication is never one way. It's never one direction. It's always both directions. It's always under, at, at least two directions, right? There and back. Sometimes we have intervening information that's being communicated. Sometimes there's a contractor here that's working with the supplier there, and so there's actually a triangle that's happening with communication. So we talk about clear communication. If you want to avoid legal problems, you have to become, you have to hone this skill 
of clearly communicating, but also ensuring that when somebody communicates with you, it's crystal clear. Because what happens? Well, they didn't communicate very well, so my expectations were different. And all of a sudden, you see how all of this stuff starts to relate to each other. Missing pieces and fragments will cause legal problems. So that's number one within the protection layer uh, scheme. Number two is the written documentation. Now, most legal problems, um, when we think about them, there, there's so many different ways we can uh, assess legal issues and problems in business. But one of the areas that's so strikingly um, present and yet it's so easily resolved is to have written evidence. Now, the easiest way to understand this is a contract. Well, hey, we want to know what our expectations are. We want to communicate clearly. We want to make sure that no one's lying about what their promises are so there won't be pro broken promises. Let's get it into a contract. And I absolutely agree. That is a key area to have sewn up, tightened up, a well-drafted contract that means what it says, says what it means, and covers the scope of the transaction. But here's the other thing. A lot of times we don't have the money for lawyers, we don't have the time to deal with contracts, um, we don't understand the dynamics, a lot of times we're dealing with people in business that we trust and we feel it's offensive when we push for a contract. I'm not just talking about contracts, I'm also talking about the documentation that helps support your position in a transaction, emails, text exchanges, um, you know, messaging apps, whatever that is. Um, you, you know, WhatsApp, there's a lot of international deals that are actually developing through uh, something like WhatsApp and that's all evidence of what did we mean in this transaction? What did we expect leading up to this? So if you want to protect yourself uh, from legal problems down the road, you have to back up and say, I'm going to clearly communicate, I'm going to make sure incoming communication is clear. I'm also going to develop a strategy around really well documented or documentation that's done well. Contracts, text, emails. I'm, gonna, I'm not saying I'm not going to talk on the phone, but what I'm going to do is always follow in some sort of documentation to say, hey, this is what I meant or this is what I think you meant. Can we confirm? Now we have written documentation. When there is a potential dispute, we can say, look, is this really what we mean? Because the, the conversation going back and forth that's written down says this. And people are less likely to just blatantly lie and say, that's not what I said when it's right in front of their face in writing. But they do it all the time when it's not. Okay? So documentation is a, is a critical piece here. The third layer is insurance. Any business you're in, I don't care what the nature is, I don't care if it's a service, a product, we tend to think, well, we don't need insurance, we don't make a lot of money, or each of our products are a dollar, so what's the risk? You know, think about this, a uh, simple copyright infringement that, that doesn't actually uh, net you any money can be a seven-figure case when you talk about statutory damages and attorney fees. Um, there, you can have uh, a very simple pushpin product, uh, like a paperclip that, uh, you know, hurts a kid and that's a million-dollar case. There's so many different legal claims that can come from the simplest of businesses, the, the safest of businesses. So how do we deal? Uh, how do we create extra layers of protection? Insurance. Get on the phone with the broker, go on Google if you don't know how to get a broker and say insurance brokers, call a few, say this is what my business is doing, what do you think I need in terms of protection? Because that insurance is like an umbrella before it rains. Because you don't, you don't, no one wants to carry around an umbrella when it's uh, bright and sunny outside. 
but the second there's a, a storm cloud and a drop, we all wish we had that umbrella. Insurance is that umbrella, okay? Next one and final one is relationship maintenance. And what I mean by this is that a lot of legal problems develop because we, we focus on the front end and we work at the relationship and we get the contract and then we get going and we forget to maintain good relationship. Now remember in the second part as we started talking, I said most legal problems can be avoided uh, through relationship and negotiations, not litigation. See, when you maintain healthy relationships with your, quote, partners, people you're in business with, even your customers, if you're maintaining a relationship, it's very hard to look somebody in the face and turn around and sue them, right? So if you're developing relationships, you're maintaining relationships, you're much less likely to wind up in court, you're much less likely to wind up um, anywhere past, hey, we had a dispute, but we worked it out. So those are the four areas of protection layers that help us avoid landing in one of those buckets with the lawsuit, right? So now the fourth one, we often wind up in a legal problem because we're ignorant, okay? I'm gonna give you three areas of what I mean by this. Sometimes it's just a product or service. We're ignorant of, we put a product out in the marketplace and we're ignorant of the laws around that product or service. So here's a, here's a great example. Um, that's kind of happening right now uh, to some extent is that we say, hey, we have this independent contractor, but your state may be really against independent contractors and it may want everybody classified as employees. So when we say um, it's ignorance of a product or service, in this case, ignorance of the law. If I say this person's a contractor and the law says they're an employee, I'm being ignorant, I'm most likely to wind up in a broken law bucket, right? Maybe it's a wage and hour claim uh, or, or something like that. Second thing is, is that we often get ignorant of our industries, right? So we go into this, uh, we have this great idea and we've got money for it and we go into this industry that we don't fully understand. And because we don't fully understand it, we're walking around in a way that maybe we're acting unsafely and maybe we're developing unhealthy partnerships and we don't even realize it. So ignorance of an industry and what's happening within that industry often leads to a legal problem where you land in one of those buckets. And the third area is that we oftentimes have uh, ignorance of the marketplace. And this is a little bit broader than the industry, but kind of the same concept, right? We, we, uh, some people that start businesses have great ideas and they have access to money, but they really have no, uh, they, they really have no knowledge or understanding of the marketplace in general. How do things work? They don't understand uh, the nuances of what's normal in a business transaction. So they just kind of do what they want because they have a great idea, a great product, great service, and they have funding for it, so they go for it. When you have ignorance in your marketplace, in your industry, in your products and services, what happens is you're setting yourself up for a broken promise, unclear expectation, unclear communication, or a straight up broken law. So you see, as we backed up from these buckets, we're at this place of critical decision making. If I can look at dangerous partnerships, if I can look at uh, clear expectations, if I can create these protective layers, and if I can have not be ignorant, right, the opposite of ignorant, I can educate myself in these areas we've talked about. Now, I've reduced really substantially the chance of winding in one of those buckets, okay? So we're gonna round this out. If you want to understand legal landscape, I'm not telling you to go to law school, I'm not telling you to have a lawyer on staff. Those are great things. If that's what you want, absolutely do it.
but most business people, most entrepreneurs just can't do that. They can't go to law school. They don't have the money for a lawyer. Um, they can't put one on staff even if they do to hire them here and there. So what I'm trying to do is give you tools to navigate the legal landscape. Really what I want you to do is commit these things to your mind. I want you to actually step away from this course and think about how can I develop my critical thinking skills? How can I assess my current dynamics with partners, with the industry, my knowledge of the industry, my knowledge of the products, my knowledge of the laws? And if I do those, and I focus on relationships, and I focus on improving my negotiation skills, I will avoid 99% of all legal disputes. That's not a guarantee. I'm a lawyer. We get in this frame of reference where we're used to disclaiming things, right? Um, I'm saying, by and large, you're going to be able to avoid most law, um, uh, legal problems if you develop these skills. So there you have it. Wanted to give you something uh, really straightforward, some powerful tools. I hope that you'll take those. I hope that you'll apply them. I know that you can do it. There you have it.